Thank you for joining us here at C3 Edinburgh. We are all about authentic community, unlocked creativity, and the naturally supernatural life in Jesus' name. We are praying that this message will bless you and meet you right where you're at today. For more information about C3 Edinburgh, check us out online at www.c3edinburgh.com. got a brand new series. This series is going to last for a few weeks, as, as Peter had said. Um, it's, um, it's in him. Um, and the heart of this thing, in him series, is uh, the in him. Can I tell you who him is? If you're, it's Jesus. It's in Jesus, in him. There are people, and I'm not even talking, I'm not talking people who are yet to meet Jesus. I'm not talking about your friends and family who are going to come to know him. I'm talking about you. I'm talking about me. I'm talking about us who, say, who follow Jesus we, way too often, don't remember in our mind, in our hearts, or, or don't inhabit all that Jesus has for us. But in the Word of God, there is a lot of in Him, in Christ, in Him, in Christ. Man, I want to preach and about, um, I'm going to preach maybe next time I get to preach, because um, I've got this really important message we need to start with, but... I'm going to preach soon about um, the vine, Jesus the vine, and about abiding in Him, abiding. But the key to all of this stuff is to, is, is there are places that you need to walk in life, there is, there is assignments that you need to accomplish in life, there is a, uh, that, that you'll only see accomplished if you understand the in-hymns that He has afforded you on the cross. A man was about to... Um, a man was at the gym. Anyone go to the gym? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, some, we got some guys who go to the gym. So um, there was a guy and he was at the gym and his wife was heavily pregnant, really pregnant. Uh, and he's at the gym and he's sort of whatever, you know, Aspen does this stuff where he just, you know, he's sitting there balancing with his legs in the air and a medicine ball on his head. He's doing all this stuff. It's not Aspen in this story, but it's a guy at the gym and he's working out. He's got his gym clothes on, he's put, he's put his gear in, a, in the locker and he's in the gym. And then while he's at the gym, his, his mobile phone buzzes. And he picks it up and he's like, what is this? He looks at it and it's his wife, she's saying, I'm in labour, I'm at the hospital, you've got to come now. And he goes, well, I'm a good husband, I know exactly what to do. So, so he, he, he panics, it's his, his, his heart's beating through his chest, but it's time. So he, he grabs his stuff and he chucks it in his bag and he, he doesn't have time to get changed and well, his heart's beating, he just knows he's got to get to the hospital. So he grabs his stuff on and he runs out the door and he, he runs to his car and he goes, um, my keys, I forgot my keys. No time, says the man, no time, I've got to get to the hospital. So he says, I'll just I'll, I'll catch a taxi. So he runs to the taxi and he, and he goes to the taxi rank. And the guy says, where to, pal? And he says, I'm going to go to the hospital. I'm going to go to the hospital. And, and then he real... And he, oh, my wallet. Ah. Oh, I've got my wallet. Uber. Uber's good. Uber's good. I'll just... Ah, oh, my phone. I think I left it on the workout thing with the... Ah. Oh. It's okay. It's okay. I've just been at the gym. I'm halfway through the gym. I didn't finish my workout. I'll run. I can run because... You know, it's not that far. So, and right now in my head, I don't know about yours, but I'm in Edinburgh in this story and, and I'm imagining being at the Pleasant's Gym and I've got to get to the Royal Infirmary, so you've got to run. To... Anyway, so, so he's running and he gets there. He gets there, it takes him a good hour to get there because he's not that good a runner. And he gets there and um, his wife says, where, where have you been? He says, 
I knew I had to be here. I knew I had something to accomplish. I knew you were waiting for me. I just couldn't, I just didn't have anything. I, I, I left everything, but, but I so cared about, oh, here I am, I finally made it. And he's dripping with sweat, smells um, like, you know, six days hiking. Like, he's, he's, he's like that. But, um, and, then, and then he hears this noise, and it's this, he went, what? And he, it's coming from his bag, and he goes, ah. Oh. Takes off his bag and he opens up, and his phone was there the whole time. He could have got an Uber. And then under his phone, he sees his wallet. And he goes, Oh, my wallet, I could have got the taxi. And then under his wallet, there was a set of keys. And he went, Oh, the keys, I could have taken the car. See, the thing is, the man had all that he needed to do all that he needed to do. He just didn't know that he had it. And it's the same for us sometimes. The man had all the things he needed the whole time with him. But he did it all the hard way because he didn't realize what he had access to. And it's the same with us sometimes. And in this In Him series, this is why we're doing it. It's so important for you to understand and me to understand and us to understand as a body because I have a feeling that many of us if you're super honest and you close your eyes and you just dwelled on your own life, you'd realize that in areas of your life you might be anxiously dripping with sweat, running a mile when he's given you the keys to something the whole time. He's given you the resources to something the whole time. And, and, and I don't know about you, but, but here's what I'd never want to happen to me. I think about my day of meeting Jesus face to face on that day. Man, you know what I really feel embarrassed about and a little bit sad at the end is if I'm there and I'm with my Lord and Jesus says to me, he says, well done, good and faithful servant. Um, we just, let's, we've got, you know, Netflix heaven here and let's just look at the series of Nathan. And, 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 he, and he looks back, at, we look back together at my life and he says, you know that time when you were going through that thing? You know what I'm really sad about, Nathan, is you had something to get you through that 20 times faster, but you never knew, you never used it. And I was trying to tell you, but you weren't really listening. Wouldn't that be annoying? Or, or see all those people you're around? Man, I put you there to reach them. I ended up having to send Lisa because you weren't doing it because you didn't realize, you know. I want that. If God's given me keys and a wallet and a phone in the story, I need to know it. You need to know it. I need to know what I have in Him. I need to know what He afforded me in Christ. How do I live? How do I, what has He afforded me? Because he hasn't afforded me things for no reason, but for reason. In this series, and more specifically as we explore the in-hymns of the Word of God that you are are being asked by him to walk in, you're going to find some keys to a full and powerful life. You're going to find, you're going to find yourself walking closer to what God has said to you about what it means to live the way He wants you to live, fulfilled, more fulfilled, completed, more completed in who you are. You're going to find yourself stronger in the face of your trial. You're going to find yourself breaking through your norm, breaking through your sphere of what you've always thought to be normal. Why? Because you're going to step from not engaging the things that He's afforded you to stepping into the things that He's afforded you, that He paid for you for. In Him, in Him, living freer. In Him, living lighter. 
in Him, living with less burden than you currently walk with, as you realize who you are and what you have in Christ. In Him. And over the series, here's something cool. Over the series, um, um, we love the different voices and experiences of people in this church. So we've got, we're going to hear from uh, Duncan right there next week. He's going to do, he's going to, I can't wait. Um, Alan is speaking this series. Lisa, Pastor Lisa speaking this series. Is Miley speaking this series? It's going to be an incredible series. He doesn't like being called Miley. Please don't call him Miley. It's going to be a really good series. And it's going to be an important series. Do you feel it? It's going to be an important series. But anyway, it's my pleasure to start this series with this message about a really significant in Him. In Him. It's sort of a, it's an in Him that I want to unpack a little bit about this cool fight. Not cool fight. No, it's not cool, but it's, it's a fight. That happened between Peter and Paul, and it brings us to an in Him it's in him that once you have fully realized in your life as a revelation, I'm going to tell you what it will do in advance. As you and I walk into this particular thing I want to talk on, that I want to break open, it, it's a thing that will guard you from the trap of ever feeling like an emotionalistic Christian. It's, it's, it, it's, it's an in him that will challenge the accusations that will hit you when you get reminded by someone of the shame and the guilt or whatever of your past. It will inoculate you from being a people pleaser in your life. Who wants that? This is a good in him. This is a necessary one. Let me talk about the fight. Everyone likes a bit of drama. So if you've got your uh, um, Bible, turn to Galatians 2. Um, every year in the life of our church, I've spent a month preaching through Galatians. I, I wonder if I'll get to this year uh, because I I'm asking Pastor Lise. But uh, it's a really, it's one of essential. So this is a bit of Galatians. Um, and it's Paul talking about an encounter he had uh, with Peter. And, and, and you don't need to know your Bible that well, but you've probably heard those names. Um, so, Peter in this time is a um, key guy in the church, absolutely key guy in the church. It's Peter, it's James, they are key guys in the church. And Paul's a bit of a, you know, young buck, he was, he's come out of being you know, church bashing, um, you know, just recently saved-ish, and, um, you know, he's, he's, he's coming up. So, this, to put it into context, it's not two professors speaking to one another with whatever, it's, it's a very senior guy and a, and a more junior guy and a junior guy doing something that probably we would suggest you don't do in public, which is challenging him in front of everybody about his behaviour, but he's about to do that. Who likes a bit of drama? Want to hear a bit of drama? This is the Bible. So, Cephas, Peter, it's going to come on the screen behind me, he, he came to Antioch, and I opposed him, this is Paul, to his face, because he stood condemned. For before certain men came from James, he used to eat with all the Gentiles, but when they arrived, he began to draw back and separate himself from the Gentiles, because he was afraid of those who belonged to the circumcision group. Maybe I should do another layer of unpacking for us today, just with that. I want you to be with me in the fight. So, so Antioch is in an area with lots of Greeks and Gentiles, so lots of people, if you're not Jewish, you're one of them. 
Um, they don't come from a Jewish background. They're new to all of this stuff, and the church is flourishing. It's very exciting. Um, meanwhile, in Jerusalem, where the massive part of church is, very Jewish, and James is leading there, and Peter's leading there, and, and, and clearly in this story, Peter's come over to do a ministry trip, and he's overhanging with the, this flourishing church in a Gentile region, and he's liberated in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. He doesn't need to do the Jewish rules and the laws because Jesus paid for all of that. So he, know, he eats all the meats now, he eats all the whatever, kosher's not so much of a thing, and he can eat back in um, these times, or in according to the law, um, a Jew, uh, an Israelite, a Jew would be ceremonially unclean by eating with a Gentile. So you wouldn't do that in Jewish times, in, in that context, but the early church was liberated from that, or so was the thing, and Peter was leading on the way. And yet when he's visiting in ministry times, are full of this flourishing church, he's doing it, he's hanging out, they're going to five guys together, they're all hanging out, it's really cool. Um, but then when some of the um, really sensible Christians, actually, by the way, come over from Jerusalem to check in on how Peter and Paul are doing, you see Peter start to get a little um, self-conscious, because these guys are the old guard, and they're sitting by themselves, staying ceremonially clean. And after a little while, Peter starts going over and sitting with them and not talking so much to the Gentiles, because he doesn't want to do anything untoward. Now I imagine a dining hall. I imagine a Five Guys restaurant. I'm just using that because Five Guys. But, um, but I'm imagining that space. And uh, for weeks and weeks, people are hanging together and eating together. And then... Uh, all of a sudden, the key leader of the church starts going back to some old things. And, and, and it's about to say that because of that example, other church guys were, Jewish guys were doing the same. And now, now there's Gentiles on one side, Jews on another side. And then Paul stands up in the middle of the five guys with his beverage in his hand and his whatever, and he, and he challenges the room. I want to talk about why. Because of this, other Jews joined in his hypocrisy, so that in, even in their hypocrisy, even Barnabas was led astray. And when I saw that they were not acting in line with the truth of the gospel, I said to Cephas, that's, again, that's Peter, in front of them all, I said, you are a Jew, yet you live like a Gentile and not like a Jew. And so how is it then that you force Gentiles to follow Jewish customs? We who are Jews by birth and not sinful Gentiles know that a person is not justified, hold that in your hand, justified, by works of the law, but by faith in Jesus Christ. So we too have put our faith in Christ Jesus so that we may be justified, hold on to that with your hand, by faith in Christ and not by the works of the law, but because by, it is because, because by the works of the law, no one will be justified. Hold that with your hand. Justified. In Christ, in Him, you are justified. That's what I want to talk about for 10 minutes. In Him, in Christ, you are justified. Your faith in Him and nothing else. The fight between Peter and Paul was about Peter falling into old habits, into people-pleasing, and into behaviours that at their core make a large statement. Sometimes I like to pause my messages and really dig into a, a by-the-way moment. Can I do one of those? By the way. By the way. Isn't it interesting that in this story, in all this behaviour that Peter's doing, he's not preaching it, he's not saying it, he's not blogging about it, he's not tweeting it, it's just by his behaviour 
that is showing an un- his underbelly of theology towards that. He, all he's doing is eating with different people, or the same people, as it were. He doesn't say a word, but it exposed his understanding of God and the gospel because of his behavior. Isn't that interesting? You and I need to be aware that your theology shows every day. Every day. You don't have to say a word. You're wondering, oh, I don't talk enough about Jesus. Maybe you don't have to say a thing. Oh, you know, you will live out your theology in the way you do it every day. You're preaching every day loud and clear, not just the name of Jesus, but what you believe about him. How big is your God? I'll know it by the way you live. You'll show it. How good is your God? I'll know it by the way you live. I'll know it. I'll see it. The fight was about um, what Jesus died to achieve. Did he die and, uh, uh, and achieve liberty from living all the requirements of the law, or did he not? Can I tell you what Jesus died to achieve this morning? John 3, 16 to 19. I'm going to enjoy this part. John 3, 16 to 19 says this. In fact, we could probably all do John 3, 16 what my interest is, and we'll do that. My interest is actually the two following verses today. For God so loved the world that He gave His one and only Son, that whoever believes in Him shall not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send His Son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through Him. Whoever believes in Him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe stands condemned already because they have not believed in the name of God's one and only Son. What I love about John, by the way, is I love his sentence structures. He always, I'm a simple mind, he always says, do you want to know this? Good, because now I will tell you this. So he's about to do that here. Because I'm like, condemned from what? What's the verdict? What has the judge said? This is the verdict, says John. Light has come into the world, but people loved darkness instead of the light because their deeds were evil. That's what we're condemned for. The light came, but we said, nah, prefer the dark. Let me unpack some of this because the central part of Paul and Peter's fight, and I want to get to the nature of what justify means for you and I, why it will change us if we have an understanding of what it is that we walk in. When I read John 3.16, I gush. It's a beautiful verse about a God who loves me. When I read 17, 18, and 19, I realize that that's, in context, the beginning of a thought about a very less emotional moment. It's more of a legal argument. There's Peter. He's probably down with Eleanor. I wish he was here. He's a lawyer. Um, It's a very legal argument that is actually being made here. We stop at 16 and we tell the world 16, and it's true, we should, but it actually forms this next little narrative. God so loved the world that He put something in motion. The thing He put in motion was a very legal thing, a very legal statement, a very legal argument, a very legal outcome. It's not about a feeling moment, it's about a legal moment. God loves you, that's awesome. And He feels love for you. That's amazing. And he, he acted out of love for you. That's incredible. And His act in His love was He sent Jesus to the cross for you. And the outcome of His cross is a cold, hard, legal reality. 
Sometimes you will get painted with a brush of being emotionalistic because we love the presence of God. Oh, we love it. But we know that it's, it's not about feeling or not feeling. It's about truth. This is a hard legal truth that God has achieved for us. It's a legal reality. The word justified, the word justified is a legal term. The word justified is an idea. Justified, justified, to be made just, to be made in right standing. I, was, I, I like words. You like words? I like breaking down words. Defied. You know, Spotify? Songify? Anyone have that app? Songify? No? Me? Just me? I songify. The, the, the if I is a verbal suffix occurring, occurring from the Latin. It, 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 the, the if I at the end, the suffix, is to make, to cause to, or to render, to become, or to be made like. Like liquefy, to make it liquid. Purify, to make pure. Or ified, you know, I've just said if I, ified is a suffix that's like to make something like the word it is attached to. It's gone a bit colloquial now, but you know, when you go into a room that's really ugly and you need to beautify it, I beautified this room. Lisa beautifies every room that you walk into. You're welcome. <laughs> if something's been simplified, it's been made more simple. Uh, rough area of town, whether you like it or not, uh, when people come in and develop it, it's been gentrified. It's been made more gentry. <laughs> There's the Greek, the Greek word um, that's broken down. I'm not going to try to say it because it sounds a little like I'd say a rude word like Lisa did earlier, but it means to uh, justify. It means to uh, that judge to be good or considered to be just. You've just become right with God. You've become just. Now I want to show you something. And I'm going to need our West Highland Way walkers. What I need you guys to do, can you stand up? I didn't really tell you I was going to do this, but I want to show you the picture of what this process means. And also, we need to stretch, team, because we need to go for a walk a little bit soon. What I'd like you to do is, would you please just, just, just do a couple of laps and stretch yourself out? Just do a couple of laps. Okay, go Miles' way. Do a couple of laps. The same direction, it's, it's weird, just turn, yeah. That's not the way we're going to... That's right. If half of us walk south of the West Highland Way, we'll end up in London or something. Just go that way and then pick up, your, pick up one of your bags on your way next round. So, people, this is... This is the way you were created. This, God designed you to be unencumbered. Notice no bag, notice no weight. God created you to live a life close to Him, uh, with close relationship to Him, with intimacy with Him. Just one of your bags, team, and then continue a lap. Just pick up one of your bags and continue a lap. Put it on your shoulders and then continue a lap. Here's the thing that happens. Because of sin, how you feeling on your backs? Because of sin, because of drama, because of poor decisions that we've made, we pick up sin. Like a weight, keep going back, and then you're going to pick up the second bag. You can do it. We've got to practice. You can do it. Sin will do this to the human condition. They're walking slower than I thought they would. We haven't even started. <laughs> Sin will do this to the human condition. 
When you go your own way, when you reject God, when you choose yourself as your own ruler, it doesn't really work. You find yourself rebelling against God, messing up your own selves, and things get heavy. So Moses came. <laughs> the second bag is, God, is, is, is the law. The second bag, I don't, it's, it's a different kind of weight. The second one almost counterbalances, I guess, doesn't it? <laughs> okay, and then come around and stop here because I want to finish the illustration and there's, there's a much less of a pace than I thought there'd be with this part. In the law, the law tells us what it takes to live right. It makes allowances and sacrifices. Just line up along here. That would be good. Just, just line up along here. It makes allowances to the sacrifices to deal with the weights that are already on our back. And, and sometimes in the law, you would deal with them by sacrifice of different animals at different blood at different times, daily, weekly, yearly, annually, occasionally. It didn't deal with the weight at the core. It couldn't fully restore us to that first lap, that unencumbered life. The law existed to show us what the standard is so there would be no confusion about our inability to match it. What we needed was an intervention. What we needed was a, uh, uh, a saviour, and that's what we found in Christ. Under the law, under the law, in a court of law, it would be a little bit like this. There's allowances through the law given to pay the fines of sinful conduct or uncleanness uh, by the blood of animals, yet the criminal record remained, the weight remained, and the weight of carrying the law remains. You need to be made right and unencumbered again. Wouldn't that feel good for your backs? You need to be made right with that. Should we just keep them here, church? Just for a little bit. It's still a matter of clean and unclean. It's still a matter of tainted and untainted. We need a saviour. Then Jesus came. Then Jesus came. And when Jesus came, I don't know who to pick on. I'll pick on your wall and see how it goes. Put down one of your bags. Put down both of your bags, actually. Take a weight off. When Jesus came at the cross on that day, what he did was he became sin for us. He didn't make them disappear. He didn't make the sin disappear. He didn't make the law disappear. He fulfilled the law in all of its requirements and took the weight of all of our sins. For you and I, that's heavy. <laughs> he took the law on our behalf. Uh, he fulfilled the law on our behalf. He took the sin in every way, and we became justified. And you did a lap with nothing, a lap with something, and a lap with something else. And now you're back to your original unencumbered state. This is the design of you. This is the design. The argument that was happening with Peter, the argument that was happening with Paul was Paul was picking up old burdens again. Paul was picking up uh, the law again and saying, you know, no, I know, but it's Jesus plus something else. Jesus is good, but also don't forget to put this thing back on your back. That's why Paul gets upset. If ever you're saying Jesus and will make me right, you've thrown the costly blood of Jesus away. That's why Paul was so upset. You're either justified or not. You're either made just with God or you're not. 
Thank you, guys. You might as well leave the bags there if you like. And you can go have a sit down. I think it's a good... Yeah, go sit down. Thank you. Hey, can we give them a round of applause? That's really lovely. You're either justified or you're not. You're either encumbered or you're unencumbered. And your unencumbered life is what you were designed to be. And here's the beautiful thing. Do you see these guys standing up here with nothing on their back? Yes? You saw these people standing here with nothing on their back. That's how the Father in heaven sees you today. And you might, you might be feeling like you're carrying something. You might be feeling like you've got that, that, that memory that makes you cringe. You might be thinking about the thing you did last night or last week or the thing that makes you feel less than. You might have people telling you that all the time. But I need to tell you this morning, someone needs to tell you this morning that in Him, you are justified. In Him, you're justified. You've been made just. You've been made back into right standing with God. When God looks at you, you're unencumbered. You're as Christ. Don't ever pick up a weight that you'll never that he paid to pick up. Because here's the thing, you can be a martyr about it, right? You can say, oh, it's okay, I deserve it because of all my lifey stuff. You know, I deserve this. But what you're actually saying as you do is Jesus' death wasn't enough. Never be guilty of that. It's enough. You are justified. I'm running out of time. This means when God the Father looks at you in Christ, in Him, He sees you righteous. He sees you in right standing with Him. You are clean in His eyes. You're unencumbered. You could now walk into the throne room of grace like it's your own house. And here's the divine mystery. When He looks at you, He sees you the way He sees Jesus Himself. In a courtroom scene, your criminal record for the first time is completely removed. I want to say that again, because what I painted before was what sacrifices in the law could do was to pay some fines, but not expunge your record, potentially. And yet in Christ, your record goes to Him. You're now blameless, innocent in His eyes. That's what it means for you to be justified. At the beginning of this message, I told you that this is not about how you feel, and that is true. Whether you feel forgiven or not forgiven, it's actually, and I, and I respect you, but it actually means nothing. Your feeling of forgiveness or not forgiveness has not a matter of, doesn't matter. You are either forgiven or not. You're either justified or not. And in Christ, you are justified. Sometimes you need to command your feelings to come into line with the truth. Someone here is feeling guilty about a thing, but if you're in Christ, it's time to command that thing to shut up and come into line with the truth. At the beginning of this message, I, I, I talked about not being emotionalistic. That's how it helps you not be emotionalistic, when you realize that for God so loved the world, He moved in love, I love you, I, it's beautiful, except you did all of that to do something very unemotional. I'm just free because of freedom's sake. I'm just free. The distance you might feel from God isn't Him holding back because he's paid for it all. At the beginning of this message, I shared a story about a man in a gym. My friend, maybe it's time for you to stop living your life like you're not, not right with God and understand that in your bag, in your life, you've already got it in you that you can let go of that churning shame and churning guilt because in him you are justified. At the beginning of this message, I shared a story about Peter falling into old habits and into people-pleasing. 
We talked about not, he had a confrontation with Paul because he was uh, living out a wrong theology of what Jesus had done. Let it not be ever said for us that we live in a similar way. Let's loudly proclaim that we're right with God because we're in Christ Jesus. In Jesus' name. Can someone help me finish the service? Maybe Gwen? Let me finish with the scripture and then let's pray. Galatians 3, 23 to 29, it says, Before the coming of this faith, we were held in custody under the law, locked up until the, the faith that was to come would be revealed, so that the law would be, was our guardian until Christ came, that we might be justified through, by faith, justified. Now that this faith has come, we are no longer under a guardian. So in Christ Jesus, in Him, you are all children of God through faith. For all of you who are baptized into Christ have clothed yourself with Christ. And so now there is neither Jew nor Gentile, neither slave nor free, nor there's any male or female, for you are all one in Christ. If you belong to Christ and you're Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. Would you pray with me? Father God, I feel like some of us this morning, we need to apologize for our for carrying around weights that we you've long since removed from us. To throw away and deal with elements of shame that you've never meant for us now. Elements of doing extra stuff to try and achieve a right standing with you, God. When what's made clear to us is that in Christ we are already justified. Father, I pray that for every voice, for every person in this space, God, you do a work in us that you help us to understand the reality of this. Help us to live it out without saying a word. Help us to live in a way that, that shows the world how free we are. In Jesus' name.